0: I'm Joel Shetler, your host and editor of Finance & Commerce, Minnesota's oldest business newspaper and online publication. Thanks so much for joining me. Alicia Webb got her first taste of the finance business at a young age when she worked as a teller at Village Bank, a financial institution founded in the 1990s by Webb's father, Donald Covettin. She proved to be a quick study, After earning her MBA at the University of St. Thomas, Webb went on to hold leadership positions at Minnesota Bank and Trust and Sunrise Bank. Two years ago, she returned to the family business as president of Village Bank. In the following interview, Webb talks about her career journey and weighs in how closing the gender gap in the industry is still a work in progress. Pleased to be joined by
1: Alicia Webb, president of Village Bank, which manages more than 300 million dollars in assets in its branches in Blaine, Ramsey, East Bethel, and St. Francis. Is that correct?
2: It is correct. We're actually just under 400 million in assets now. And uh, yeah, yeah. So we've grown quite a bit over the last year and a half.
1: So you're growing as we speak. I have uh, some, that's good to, good to hear. So, um, well, thank you for joining us, Leisha. I was wondering if you could start out by just talking a little bit about how you got started in banking. I understand it's it's kind of a, a family business that you have with your father um, involved in banking, is that right?
2: Absolutely, yeah. So uh, my father, Don Quitan, founded the bank almost 29 years ago. Um, he chartered out of St. Francis, Minnesota, where we still have a location today, and some of my very favorite villagers um we have grown to just under 400 million in assets with the four other locations including an operations center um so my dad's still the chairman of the board the ceo of the bank and owns 100 percent of the stock in the bank and so it's, when we say it's family it's a very unique family situation um, but i think you know it's funny when i i think back to like having an office or having a computer or anything now because you know, growing up, my dad's always been an entrepreneur and he really instilled that in us. And, um, you know, whether we were picking up cigarette butts and paper from um, parking lots with uh, real estate that he owned or I was washing dishes on a Friday night in a restaurant and then, you know, watching cartoons and eating pizza once I was done washing dishes after, um, you know, a happy hour, or supper hour, as we used to call it. Um, we've always been in the family business. So, As I look to, you know, having an office now in this, you know, quote unquote, fancy title, it's just kind of what we've always done. It's entrepreneurship, it's supporting Main Street, and it's just being part of the family and, you know, doing your part in the family. And um, I'd have to say this is probably the best gig out of all of those. (laughs) Maybe depends on the day a little bit, but um, so far, best gig. Great.
1: Um, So did you just... uh... I guess just sounds like you got started just from the ground up and really uh, got a taste of all different levels of uh, this, this business. Is that right?
2: So, yeah, absolutely. So I was a teller at the bank and that's why I am so grateful for my tellers today. I would say that probably one of the worst tellers ever because my drawer was always six cents off or 17 cents off because I was so excited to sell that car loan or sell that certificate of deposit, and maybe wasn't focused enough on the details um, that I needed to excel um, behind the teller line. And still to this day, Elaine, who trained me in and said, you are not a teller, my dear, you need to go sell car loans, um, is still a villager today. She works in our operations center. Started relationship banking, um, commercial lending, uh, you know, helping to run up and really was able to hone in on my niches and understand the importance of relationship management, the importance of working on commercial banking teams, um, the importance of treasury management, the importance of having just a really strong culture and uh, living that culture through your values. And so after being gone from the bank for about a decade, I, I had the opportunity to come back home and work alongside my father. And work alongside um, the great villagers that we have at Village Bank today. And um, I'm grateful for the experiences in, inside of the bank because I think it's taught me a lot about how much I appreciate our villagers that support the community and Main Street. I'm also very grateful for the opportunities that I had outside the bank because, um, you know, I knew I had to earn it, I knew I had to own it, and I knew I had to. Um, I knew what I wanted to bring back home, right? I got to see the best and maybe what I didn't think was the best and really what I wanted to bring back home with me when I came home to Village. And I'll say it's always the people and it's always the culture. And so um, I feel like I've got a good base in in banking um, from outside and inside. Um, But I do think um, as in any industry, there's, there's still a lot to learn and in order to be successful in any of these industries, need to continue to
1: learn. Well, I think we had a little bit of a weak internet connection there, probably on my end for, for a while there, but you were talking a little bit about your, your career path, and could you fill in some of that again, What kind of where you went? Um, you started at Village Bank, and then you, you, you went to a, a different direction for a while, and then came back. Is that right? Oh, Yeah, absolutely. I
2: can start over there. So, um, yeah. I started my banking career at Village Bank. I was a teller. Um, I worked behind the teller line. Drawer was always a little off because I love the business development piece of it. I love the relationship management piece, the next car loan, the next CD. Um, and I uh, worked my way uh, up to being open up deposit accounts for consumers and uh, our commercial clients. Um, and then made my way into commercial lending, which I loved. I uh, helped manage the Ramsey location as well as the Blaine location. And then I realized, you know, although I love being Don's daughter, I realized I had to go make sure for myself that I wasn't only Don's daughter. So I was lucky enough to uh, leave the bank for about a decade and work for two other women in banking, um, two other uh, banks in the twin Cities both ran by female presidents and got to learn what you know I what I the skills that I wanted to bring back home and what maybe didn't work in banking and what wasn't going to work for our village uh, learned a lot about treasury management commercial lending specifically professional service lending was able to learn the importance of a team and becoming an expert in uh, certain types of banking um, also just, I think the biggest lesson though, and again, this is a soft skills of anything you do in life is how important the people are and how, if you're going to really build a strong culture, a strong village in our case, that we always put the people first and that we really always lead with our values and make those the most important thing. So, um, you know, I was lucky to really work for some great women, Kate Kelly being one of them that is now running PNC and really appreciated the team that she brought on and she brought me on to be a part of. And um, I would say from there, I uh, did my MBA at St. Thomas, met great people in the industry, as well as graduate school of banking at Madison and um, really learned because again, you you gotta always learn. I don't care if you got the president position or whatever position it is on that org chart, it's always learning. And graduate school of banking did a great job in, teaching me, educating me in all facets of the bank without ha- knowing I'm never going to be a CFO, but I know what questions to ask the CFO, right? And I would say that combination of experience and education has really, what's really brought me back to the village and given me that opportunity to have this role. And I mean, I say that very humbly, um, opportunity to be the president and the opportunity to help create the great culture that we have at Village Bank today. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I was going to ask you about that it sounds like you do some mentoring now and it sounds like you've benefited from mentors previously earlier in your career I uh, wonder if you could talk a little bit more about expand on uh, some of some of your influences um, both within your family and uh, outside the family um, how helpful has that been to have those relationships
2: Absolutely. Um, Our first value at Village Bank is put relationships first. And that's my dad's favorite, Don's favorite. And I would say it's probably the most important one. I even just thought of that as you were asking that question, because I would not be, I wouldn't, I would never be where I am today um, with the chance to lead this team. If I just, if I didn't have great people that I got to look up to and that paused enough and slowed down enough to help coach up and, and paused when I made a mistake and helped pick me back up and teach me the right way to do it and celebrated the wins, right? Because both are important, both are crucial. And so um, I'd say first and foremost, my dad, right? He uh, worked us hard growing up, um, cleaning booths, washing dishes, whatever it was. But looking back now, um, someone recently asked, "What's the what's been um, the tools to success during COVID? Um, it's been work ethic. I know how to work. Our team knows how to work together. And second, it's been patience, being patient enough to walk through what's going on, to let the vision play out and really celebrate the win, right? And so work ethic and patience. And I learned both of those from my dad. I'd say, um, I think about walking into school banking on my very first day. And it's like, 90% 90% guys. And then there's like a couple women, me being one of them. But the very first class was taught by Terry Saber. And Terry Saber was with Wiffly for a long time. She's, you know, sits on different boards of banks. She's just this, she's this unicorn in banking. And her big piece was again that soft sell of banking. Like anyone can learn the balance sheet and the income statement. But do you understand how to lead a culture? Do you understand how to make it? everyone important because when the pieces of the pie come together that's like that's the dessert that's the present that's the, pr- the prize and so i'd say i remember after my first day they're walking up to terry and saying i want to be just like you one day and um you know i i'm i i'm different than she is but she rings in my head all the time that we need a cheap people person because people are the key ingredient right Um, In our case, villagers are the key ingredient. Um, I do, I think, my time away from the bank, Kate Kelly, who is now running PNC, and Kelly Elkin, who is now at Old National, um, two of my very, very favorite uh, female bankers that really took me under their wing when, you know, I was Don's daughter that had only worked at Village Bank. And, you know, I was scared and they gave me an opportunity and they taught me. How to be a professional commercial banker. Um, they taught me a lot about culture and knowing your role and uh, made me stick to that. And I really appreciated their time. Um, I'd also say there's just this handful of women in banking that we're all at very successful banks today. We're all leading teams. Uh, we're competitors, some would say. But at any given day we can reach out to each other for help. We can ask transparent questions and it's this it's this glue that we have together. Um, you know they're, they're, they're at uh, you know I think of Jackie, I think of Gina, I think of Mary, Jane, I think of all these great people in the Twin Cities that we can reach out to at any we can reach out to each other and bounce ideas off of each other. And that's important. Like that's so important as not just women, in the financial industry, but it's also important as financial leaders that are seeing COVID for the first time, you know, seeing the, the, the protests and the riots for the first time, seeing uh you know, interest rates be low for the first time, seeing different segments of our industries and saying, what's next? What does a restaurant look like? Hospitality look like, what do these industries look like going forward? And how can we make sure we have these safe, steady income streams to keep all of our employees going and Main Street, you know, working? So, um, you know, from that perspective, I've been very fortunate. But I'd also say it's so important to give back and never forget that you know, 20 minutes of your time on Zoom or a cup of coffee goes a long, long way. Um, I've had the good fortune. Of um, you know, helping women that I've worked with find new positions that are right for them. I'm so proud. I think of Leanne um, Stessman at Park Bank. She's CEO now, and she is just, I mean, watch out where she's gonna go next, right? I'm also very fortunate that I have um, I, you know, I sit on obviously the senior leadership team, but I've got three other women on my senior leadership team. So we have four women and four men. Now that is not by design. The guys might say it is, but it's not. Um, I'm fortunate enough that that's just how it played out. Because honestly, I, I just want the smartest people. I want the most creative people. I want the most innovative people. I want calculated risk takers. I want people that have a really, really big heart along with an appetite for risk to be on our senior leadership team. And um that's, you know, we've got three other great women and four other men on that team and it works well. I mean, it, it does. There's, there's it, it works, right? I, I, I don't know how, I, I, well, I know how it works. It works because we hired on our values. Whenever, we, whenever we're hiring, we're like, are they a villager? You know, do they put relationships first? Do they earn it? Do they own it? Um, do they want to build something special? And do they always do the right thing no matter how hard it is those are our five values and that's what we hire on and um, sometimes it's tough when we want to hire someone but we know there's not a value there on the other hand it always works out when you stick to your values
1: do you see uh, do, you, do you sense that a lot of progress has been made on closing the gender gap from back to going back to when you started in the industry or maybe even when your dad started the bank, um, compared to now? And and where do you think we're headed here? Um, Do you, it sounds like certainly progress is being made.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I feel like progress is being made and then I'll talk to someone and they'll tell me their story and I hate it. It's horrible. I just spoke to someone recently, who shared with me, she was the only female um, on her on the senior leadership team for the bank she used to work for. And now she's the only woman on the senior leadership team for the bank she works for today. And I was shocked because those are both very progressive banks. And I guess I just didn't know that. I didn't put two and two together. Um, very, they're great community banks, um, but she's the only senior leader. And that, that surprised me. Um, I... I think there's been progress made, but I don't think there's enough. You know, nothing gets me more than when you see banks that say, we're 60% female or we're, you know, 56% female employee base. Well, where are those women in that organization? Are they the decision makers? Are they the hiring managers? Do they have a say at the table? Are their voices heard when they're at that table? Um, Are they respected, right? And I would say all those things for all of the great men that I work with today and tomorrow and yesterday, but I think since you asked the question specifically about women, it's more than just a number, right? It's more than just a number. It's not about, yep, it's 50-50. No, it's about whose decisions are heard, whose voices are heard, who gets to decide, um, you know, make those big life changing decisions. I can tell you um, something that I personally have been struggling with, it's been a gift, but it's also been difficult to realize is, we, you know, I- I've been grateful enough to uh, find women that are great fits for our team, and that are making a big impact for our villagers, and for Main Street for the community. Um, but in, in doing that, you're also finding that as COVID hits and kids don't go back to school and, you know, there's challenges at home. A lot of times it's, it's, it would be me picking it up, right. It would be me figuring out how my girls are going to get homeschooled. It would be me figuring out um, how we're going to do this. Right. And um, even when you've got a great spouse at home, even, you know, when you got the help, it's still that I think upper, It's still that mom guilt, It's still that burden, it's still that I want involved, I need to be involved in my children's education and well being during this time. And so that's, that's my concern right now is that I see a lot of women stepping back. Not necessarily because work is making them step like a layoff or something but stepping back because they feel they need to, they have to, or they want to because that's their role as a mother and a wife and part of that family. I get that. Um, I under, I, I, I understand it, right? I I I feel that too. I want to challenge all of us in leadership roles to say, how do we help find flexible schedules for those families, not just the moms but the dads? How do we find flexible schedules? How do we support what they're, what they've got to do at home, knowing that they've always been an excellent employee and can help continue to grow whatever the organization is. I, I, I want to know how do we move through the season and really continue to support those women that have earned their way up, support those dads that have earned their way up. And how do we get through, you know, this piece, whether it's six months or it's a year and a half, But how do we move through this time for for all families and all of our employees? Because I think it will matter. I think you'll see people, you'll see employees become much more engaged, grateful, thankful. I think they'll be loyal. And I mean, when you say relationships first, that's the relationships that, you know, I have with my villagers as well. It's not just the community, but it's the community members that have chosen to work at at our bank.
1: Yeah, I think that's well said, and I think it's it's gender equity is important for everyone. I mean, I have three daughters, and I certainly want them to have every, every opportunity that anyone else has, and so, you know, and you see it in the construction industry, too. I've been covering the industry for a long time, and you hear stories about a woman construction company owner who comes into a meeting, and they ask her to, you know, hey, the guys say, hey, can you get me a cup of coffee? They think she's a secretary or something, and um, so I know there's a long ways to go, and in, um, uh, other industries as well. So
2: absolutely, but you know what, Brian? It's guys like you. Like I remember, I worked with Gene Cross at Minnesota Bank and Trust, and you know, it's like, how do I connect with Gene? Like Gene has hairless cats. I'm allergic to cats. He's got only boys. I'm not a boy but we got to know each other, we got to appreciate each other's skill sets and he got daughter-in-laws and he had to figure out how to connect because they weren't Gophers fans. And we, and that's where we found our niche, right? Like that's where we found uh, how we, he started to appreciate the skill sets that I brought. I appreciate his skill sets and we figured it out. You know, I mentioned Terry Saber has just, I mean, she's been a godsend and her son is David Saber, who's running, you know, Park State Bank right now. David is one of those guys that grew up with this excellent mom. So guess what? He gets it. Like he gets it. It's all equal. Right. And there's no inequities there because it's, it's the same. Are you smart? Are you a hard worker? Can you get the job done? And I, so I think as we have more men who have these really great daughters and we have more men who marry these really great women and they get to work with a lot of great women and they say, oh, wait a second, there's no difference. Like it's it's just who can get the job done most efficiently and really learn to support each other. And that's where you'll start to see all of this stuff uh, go to the wayside.
1: Yeah. What what can you talk about? Can you talk a little bit about your um, some of your volunteer activities and uh, it sounds like you mentor other um, Women in the industry, and uh, what what can you say about that?
2: Absolutely, yeah. Um, so I'm really I'm really really fortunate. I'm on uh, the board at Big Brothers Big Sisters of the Twin Cities, and um, I mean that organization talk about being in the moment right now with just everything going on in our community and our country at large. Um, You know, Michael Gore uh, leads that organization. It's a hundred year anniversary for Big Brothers Big Sisters this year. And he has stepped up to the plate and really um, called out all of us on the board to say, what more can you do? Not just what can you do, but what more can you do? And I think being part of that organization and, um, you know, realizing how fortunate um, we are. I mean, I live off of Highway 65, you know, Central that runs right downtown, and realizing how fortunate we are, and we're just like 10 miles up, not that far away, right? And just the distinct um, economic differences, the familial differences, the just the differences, um, and how we can continue to give back, whether it's financial, education, whether it's financial resources and support or whether it's just our, our time, right, and to help make really good decisions for the organization. So that's one place that I, I have, uh, you know, been part of for over four years now, almost five years, and uh, really saying mentoring is important. you got to have a role model in life, and, you know, how can you help help with that, whether it's time, treasure, or talent. Um, I also sit on the board at Modern Well, and I've been on that board since Julie important start Modern Well. It's an all-female work um, workplace and um, Julie has done a wonderful job making it a safe place um, for women to go whether they're entrepreneurs or they're working, you know, W2 at a big publicly traded organization. There we've put together classes um, in conjunction with Julie um, in Modern Well. Know your numbers, right? So we may have someone that wants to start a business, has never looked at an income statement or balance sheet. We walk through it line line by line, and you can ask any question you want. We talk through what's a receivables list. We talk through what's a borrowing base. We talk through um, what's a balance sheet. We talk through how do you build your personal credit up? How do you finally get to the place to separate your business and your personal finances? We talk about why a good accountant's important, a good attorney's important. And, you know, a lot of times I'm answering the same questions, but guess what? They're important questions. And it took me a long time to get it all right. I, you know, we got to give back to these ladies so they feel confident to go out and start their own business, start start their own side business. Um, And then, of course, at St. Thomas, a lot of um, mentoring at St. Thomas as women are coming out of the business school there or in the MBA program and looking to get into banking and being really honest about what banking is, being really honest about what it can look like, how hard it is to get there, maybe what a good career path is, um, what does you know a day look like and um, what are the opportunities out there? Um, so we've been doing a lot of, uh, I, I do a lot of that. And I mean, honestly, just with customers, even as with a client earlier today, whose daughter's gonna be graduating, well, the industry she's graduating in, we just finance that type of business. So I said, hey, if she's ever looking, let me connect her when she gets home for an internship. Um, just a lot of that. How do we continue? And that's in pharmaceuticals, right? It's not even in banking, but it's how do we continue to say, how do we help you get there, right? Like, how do we, how are we your village and and we help you get there? Because um, I wouldn't be, I mean, I, I would not be sitting in the seat without the great men and women that I've been able to work with over the years.
1: Well, congratulations on your success and you've been generous with your time. I was wondering if there's anything you'd like to add before, before I let you go.
2: Yeah, thank you so much, Brian. No, I, you know, I think the last thing I was thinking about this, there was a question about, you know, some influence, what are great influences and stuff and kind of keeping ideas fresh. And I would say I read every single day um, sometimes a page or two sometimes it's a blog or two constantly listening to podcasts um, I listen to a lot of podcasts and read not necessarily banking but I read like a lot of different industries and Eng- I love to listen to engineers I love Peter Drucker from back in the day that's a shout out to all my MBA friends um, you know I like to listen to other industries and how um, Other industries are marketing and branding and selling and hiring and building culture. Um, Because we're a bank, we're a commodity, money's a commodity. At the end of the day, it's our people and it's our brand. And um, I think it's really important, no matter what role you're in, that you're constantly learning that the good people around you can tell you no or they can tell you, I think you're wrong and you actually listen and you let them win too. I can't tell you how important that is. So I guess like last piece would be keep reading, keep listening to podcasts and uh, keep knowing you're gonna be wrong (laughs) a lot, right?
1: Yeah, well, that sounds great. I love love reading and podcasts. So you're singing to the choir here.
2: Uh, We'll have to share our favorites one day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you again for your time, Alicia. It's been nice chatting with you and uh,
0: stay in touch.
2: Oh, thanks, Brian. Thank you so much. And good luck to you and your family. I appreciate your time, too.
0: Thank you for listening. And please subscribe to Beyond the Skyline. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcasts. To learn more about finance and commerce or to subscribe, go to our website, www.finance-commerce.com. I'm Joel Shatler, editor of Finance and Commerce. Thank you again for listening to Beyond the Skyline.